Welcome to What's on Your Souls, a relational podcast where you can relax and enjoy conversation, inspiration, encouragement, and motivation in a judgment-free space. Don't continue to drag around that emotional debris. Here's what's next on this episode. So it's so challenging to talk about relationships because it's hard to do that and not bring our own personal emotional dowries and agendas into it. And so we come across sometimes as all-knowing and pedantic when we're talking about relationships. And so in this conversation, we're going to create a space of learning and listening. Have a seat on the porch and let's examine what's on your souls. Well, we are so glad to be back again. This is Mia with the What's on Your Soul podcast, a series of dialogues on the front porch as we examine what is on the bottom of our souls. I'm so honored this day to have Deborah Hill with me. Hi, Deborah. Hello. So we're going to spend some time today. Deborah and I are going to jump right in in just a moment, but I want to do a simple reminder of a couple of things for those of you that are listening, is although we are literally having this conversation in real time, we still want to be inclusive of you coming in and for whatever we talk about, for it to be relevant to you. So remember to go to miaembro.com, just hit the button and leave a comment. We are always wanting to do um, conversations that are helpful and relevant and that move everyone towards greater, that come from our own experiences, mistakes, learning lessons, and so we want that to be the same for you. Today, Deborah and I are gonna delve into a great topic. It's going to be about the lessons of relationships in our life. I think in this day and age, there's so many different perspectives on that, but Deborah has spent a career honing down on that and coming up with a program that she serves others with that releases them into a life of fulfillment and moves them towards peace. So Deborah, I always, um, when we do these podcasts, I think it's a great model, but it's also very real for me in my life for people to understand how individuals come into your life. So we're gonna jump right into what your recollection is against mine about how we came together. And then we're just gonna give a short synopsis of that because I think that's the best part of the part of the podcast is how relationship is established. Yes, because you never know, you know, when you meet somebody, how they're gonna impact your life. And Absolutely. you definitely have been a friend and a journeyman alongside me with this racial reconciliation work. So I remember you coming to a presentation by Dr. Amanda Giordano. Correct. And we had actually talked about it and talked about how to present this content to a community that really needed it and wanted it. And I remember us having a fabulous time doing several presentations over the course of several months that really helped out the conversation. And then it burst into this huge thing that we now have spent an infinite amount of time and privilege working and facilitating dialogues around that subject matter. So yeah. Been God a lot is of always fun. up to something. It's been mm-hmm. it's been great. So today we're going to have what I think is probably one of the most exciting dialogues to have happened on the porch thus far. And when we get back, I'm going to turn the mic over you and we're going to delve headfirst in. All right. Yeah, you're gonna help me out, right? Or I'm gonna help okay, you out. Awesome, so awesome. for our listening audience, again, go to miaembro.com, hit that leave a comment button and leave your thoughts and your comments so that we can serve you with excellence. We'll be back in just a moment. More conversation on the way from What's on Your Souls with Mia. In the meantime, if you have a comment, log on with your laptop or smartphone to miaembro.com. That's M-I-A-M-B-R-O-H.com. From the audio player, click the leave a comment link. Let your voice be heard. 
Now, back to more of what's on your souls. Deborah. Yes. We are back on the porch. Do you have your shoes off? I actually have my shoes off, girl. I'm so glad my toes were done. I am too, because I don't want to see all that. (laughs) I don't want to see it. Do you have your souls turned up? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, so the What's on Your Souls podcast, and I know that you know this, is always an examination and a reflection of what we dredge in or push into the spaces that either we are invited in or we just step into, and then we leave that debris and everything everywhere. And the analogy for that is emotionally and socially we do that as well. And so I'm very excited to talk about relationships mm-hmm. and to hear your voice and expertise and observations and lessons learned uh, in regard to that conversation. So here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Give us what you got. So I got into the work of relationships really by questioning God and why he would put like a parent in someone's life, particularly my life, that would abandon five children. And I talk about this a lot, and I had to learn through this really wrestling with God that no matter who we have in our lives, no matter what role they play, that they're there to help us find Him. And it really taught me lessons of just absolute forgiveness and love and appreciation. I remember going into the study saying, despite my father, you know, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. But realizing that even with that sentence, when I look at despite, I had no peace. And when I realized that God gave me that man who was not in my life, who I met a couple of times and spent some time over a summer uh, when I was 15, he gave me that man so that I could become Deborah and know who he is and learn who Christ was. I have nothing but gratitude for that experience in my life. So you know and I know, because we are human beings and we're clinicians, that you're going to have to break that way down to rocking chair level because we live in a world where people are very quick to say if someone has done wrong by you Mm -hmm. you cut them off yeah you keep it moving and you just do you um as if you alone are able to survive in a world where you were created not to live alone Mm -hmm. but a lot of people subscribe to that so how do you forgive when you say it it sounds very lilty and pretty and very well, sweet. Well, it's true, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how, uh, but what was the work behind that? What does that look like in real time? Well, I think until you find Christ, you don't know, right? You don't know you can get to that place. And I think that's why me looking at my life and saying, hey, if I deconstruct it and then reconstruct it, then somehow I'm going to find peace, right? I'm going to look and say, well, if he had done this, well, if he was in my life, who would I be? And then somehow turn around and go, okay, I'm who I am. That means I'm lacking, but that's okay. And who do I have to forgive then? Does that make sense? It does make it's sense. It's a bit of a puzzle. I apologize. So but, talk, okay, so let's talk uh-huh. a little bit about just when you're saying that, what I think of is when we're talking about Jesus himself, that whole deconstruction in order to come back again. Yeah. That he did that in he real time it. for us so that we would have a visual Absolutely. on that. Because we're all different learners, right? Yes. Some yes. of us need a good visual. Mm-hmm. So Deborah, let's talk a little bit about waking up to peace. I think that that is a fascinating concept that you have now taken and created into a class that helps people move towards greater. And I have had the privilege of sitting in it. And I must say, One would think after being a clinician for almost 30 years that I have heard it all, but it it is one of the most inspiring, motivating, and clear 
um, experiences that I have set through that helps people in different modes of crisis on a continuum receive clarity about the purpose of what they're going through. And it does bring them towards peace. So can you just talk about that a little bit more, like the concept, the element of it, and then what it is that you are wanting for those listening to it to receive and realize? So I think, and what I've learned from years of doing the program, is that people want permission to think outside of the box in their faith. And for me, waking up to peace is a way to do that. So particularly those who have not been exposed to the Christian faith in a very extensive level, sometimes they just need an entree into how to live so that they have some purpose to anything they go through. Absolutely. So it's based on the pH scale and how you can find, even in the pH scale, this model of who Christ is and a way to get to that place where you find peace in Him. So what is it, when you say the pH scale, what does that look like for you? So the pH scale, meaning the the measure of acids to bases mm-hmm. or alkalines, and it is a, a scale that goes 0 to 14 with center number 7 being water neutral. And when you combine an acid and a base, you get a thermal reaction and that results in salt and water. And so what we talk about is Jesus being the living water at the center of the throne. And on the ends of the scale, like a zero is a very strong, like muriatic acid, battery acid. Mm-hmm. That's where we have our strongest egos. And what does that look like? Let's talk about that. Cause I, I think sometimes we're so accustomed to terms like egos and mm-hmm. what that looks like. And then you'll see people, lay people use it in all different. Yeah, so when like you Freud say, uses it in a way that's pretty neutral. Right. right. So when you say egos at the end of that continuum, the strong acid, part of that. What does that look like in real life and behavior wise? So on both ends of the scales are the strong uh, bases and acids. So on the acidic side, which would be the left side if I'm standing there looking at the scale, it is an ego that is, when you open up a Bible, Old Testament, that is, but takes those terms, right? And we think of God as legalistic and a creator. We think of God as a disciplinarian and punitive. But if we're a Christian, we think of, well, he has to be because he loves us. Mm-hmm. Well, a strong ego on that side of the scale would actually be abusive, controlling, manipulative, not speaking truth. And really, it's a, it's a personality based in fear because it, it's afraid that if it doesn't control things, that somehow it'll be annihilated. Absolutely. Where it really is the illusion of control. And then on the other side of the scale, the alkalinic side, you have things like at the very end, number 14 would be like Drano. Okay, so same thing. You, it's caustic, it burns. You don't want to put it on your skin. It might have different properties, like it's more slippery where acids are more tacky on your skin. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of the scale, you have, like you think about the New Testament on the right side. And when you think of New Testament, you think of mercy and loving and relational a God you want to cuddle up with and tell your problems. And many people take those qualities and use them to serve themselves. So we think about those ladies at the church that bring the cookies, but you don't want to eat the cookies because you don't know what they put in them. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the truth. So (laughs) manipulative, emotionally abusive, (laughs) controlling. But, you know, those are the same personalities. They just approach control different ways. And so what we teach in Waking Up to Peace is those are the personalities that are going to attract each other because we're given everybody in our lives as a gift. And so it can be volatile, right? It, it results in what? Salt and water? Mm-hmm. 
but we're trying to get to the lamb at the center of the throne who'll give us springs of living water. And there's a way we can do that. And so even finding him in that space, like I can tell you all kinds of scripture that you're just like, oh my gosh, don't turn to the left or right serving other gods, right? Because our egos are our gods because many things, many times we do things and we're just serving our egos. And he goes, you can go take a pen and pop it, and it's dead, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, then you have to rebuild from there. Whereas when you come from that center place in Christ, that is a solid foundation. Oh, we that can do this. Really we can do be. this for hours and hours. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back. And I know that our producer is probably going to roll his eyes at us, but I can tell that this is going to be longer than usual. But we're just going to keep moving. Oh, so he's going to enjoy it. He's yeah. going to love it. He's going to love it. We're going to wake him Look up at peace. Him now. Like he's so excited. He's looking for peace. We're all looking for peace. So it's good. So we're going to stop for a moment. We're going to remain on the porch, but we're going to take a break. And while we are on break, what I would love to ask the listening audience to do is to go and subscribe and hit that like button under the podcast at miaimbro.com. You do the drop down, you'll see podcasts or listen now, and then make the magic happen by hitting that subscribe button and the like button. And that just means we can continue to do what we're doing now and do it with excellence. We'll be right back. While we're having great conversation with what's on your souls with Mia Imbro, we wanted to thank you for listening. And we look forward to hearing from you at miaimbro.com. There you can get caught up on previous shows, comment, or even give us feedback. All right, let's get back to our final segment as we wrap up What's on Your Souls. So we're back on the porch, Deborah and I. So you are making a wonderful point about you found scriptures to support Mm -hmm. what you have created with Waking Up to Peace. So can you talk about that a little bit that will help us receiving further clarity of how this is in line with what God has ordained for our lives in regards to relationships. Absolutely. I have a favorite scripture of all time that truly changed the way that I saw my faith. And I have it pulled up and it's Acts 17, 24 to 28. Most of us are familiar with it, but I read it in a way that is very personal. And I also read it to the people that attend our workshops and say, you know, listen to this as far as how God has planned your life. And this is talks about the sovereignty of his power and what he did in creating us individually. So Acts 17, 24, 28 says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. That's pretty absolute, right? From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him, we live and move and have our being. And I love that because I tell them if God made you and he determined the boundaries of your land and the times which you should live, there's a purpose of that. And the purpose is, like the scripture said, so that you would seek and find him. And he did that for each one of us, each one of the seven and a half billion people on this planet. That's how much he loves us. That's how sovereign he is. So when I walk through my world and I see who he put in my life, whether that be the checker at Trader Joe's or the person I talk to on the phone, he's trying to show me who he is through that relationship. And the way he shows me is whether they teach me something or they challenge me in some way or 
I have to learn how to love them in that space. Okay, let's stop there because we're going to go deep there. This goes, this subscribes to the whole notion that I brought up earlier in the podcast, how people have started to decide that everyone is not relevant and purposeful in their life and that they are just simply deciding who to dispose of and who to keep. And more than that, that is in line with their comfort, not their discomfort. But what I think I hear you saying is that sometimes people are brought into your life to make you uncomfortable and to be a mirror to you to learn something about yourself, which is what we speak so often in regards to parenting. It's not so much that the children come for us to fix them, it's for them to show us Many times that is so true, and I heard that on a podcast you did, did and you? I thought that's powerful. Look at and you sometimes, listening to the podcast. I know, right? Look at me. Hey. So anyway, I actually teach people that, of course, the kids are here to bring us something, right? And many times in counseling, when you have parents struggling when a kid's going through a season, because a lot of times it's just a season, I have to remind them they're eternal beings having a human experience. God has them. The most powerful thing you can do is pray. Because he's woven into the fabric of the universe. If I speak truth in my child, I don't have to convince them. God will convince them when they walk out my door and they experience creation. So it sounds like you're saying the same about human beings that come into our lives, right? Absolutely. He's teaching you, you're having a human experience, you're a supernatural being having a human experience. Absolutely, all the time. And so when I'm walking through my world and say I, I encounter someone rude, right? Mm-hmm. And my mind, my ego says, this is good. Oh, that person is separate. How dare they, right? My ego says they didn't worship me well enough. Come right? on, They Deborah. didn't glorify me well enough. Come on. Instead, that moment I'm supposed to say, wow, I see how it feels on the other side of that rudeness. Lord, help me if I've done that to somebody else. And sometimes he'll bring up where I was at the cleaners. Maybe, no, I, I don't do that. But he'll bring mm. up like, remember when you were talking to your child and you really weren't listening? Yes. Right? And then I go, wow, I don't want to do that again. And then the next time maybe I see my kid, I say, you know what? I'm really sorry. Last Tuesday I was rude. Right. And then I move on my day. Now, what does that do? I forgive. I ask for forgiveness. The slate is clean as I move through my world. He's creating every moment. So what does that that do for you, though? So you forgive. The slate is clean. You have this revelatory moment, this revelation that says of self-awareness and personal growth Uh that says I, too, have been guilty and can be accused of that same behavior. Maybe it showed up in a different window in the house from a different lens, Mm -hmm. but it's the same behavior. So then you forgive, and then what do you do? And then you truly walk through your world like every moment is a creation that God is speaking to you through, right? So we're going to suffer in this life. I mean, Jesus told us, yes. like, through his, he's the way. And when we look at his way, if I'm walking in his footsteps, he suffered. there is suffering. Now, yes. after he's been here, the suffering isn't because I've sinned. It's for my growth. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of walking through the world without counting, you know, wrongs against you. Or not sleeping at night because you can't make up for what you did wrong. Right? Yes. Now, that, that takes, a, that's a journey. I think sometimes what we don't realize is, that's going to include grief. You have to really surrender the past. You have to surrender who you thought you were in the past. Many times our narratives are about victimization or or maybe I thought I was a perpetrator or maybe I thought I was done wrong, but that I've got to let go of all those disappointments in order to get to a place of clarity. And clarity is when I wake up, I have a clean slate. I'm like, this is the day the Lord has made. New I will rejoice right? and be glad in yes. it. And if there's something to be experienced, whether it be suffering 
or whether somebody is seems offensive to me, that I can always learn from that experience and I can always grow from that experience. Okay, so you and I know that that feels counterintuitive, right? Oh, yeah. Because so, so is Jesus' message. Right, so yeah, because yeah. everything now is about me and people make peace synonymous with the lack of sufferings. Yeah, which is hard, right? Right. If you think about someone suffering, right? Say you had a monitor to monitor labor pains, okay? And you knew it's coming, it's coming, okay? You're going to have anxiety if you're worried about when it hits that peak. But if you're in every moment, you don't suffer because you're just in that moment of that experience. So I think that that's what we're being asked to do, like just be in the moment. Don't look at what it, anticipate what it might feel like tomorrow or uh, many parents suffer with or struggle with, or I say parents, also clients, right? Yes. They struggle with the idea that this means that I can never have this or I can never experience it if something happens, right? If they have yes. a crisis instead of, you don't know what this means because it's a we shall see kind of uh, experience. Like, I don't know what God is doing it's here. It's a loss of control though, Deborah. Yeah. And we, uh, we, we It's we a loss the, of the illusion of control. The illusion of control. control really is always an illusion. Absolutely. And I think it has something to do with, so some people are born out of lives that cause them to be survivors. They're born out of survival. For sure. They just For barely sure. make it. For sure. And then other human beings are born out of love. They have, they're surrounded by love and that, and then those two beings come together. Sometimes when you are a person that is born out of survival, you're always trying to make the call before it happens to you. Right? So as soon as I have a weird interaction with someone, I'm thinking, I don't know if this is safe or not. I don't know if I like it. You might hurt me. You might do. So I'm going to cut you first before I allow myself to just sit in it and experience it and see it because I've been wounded before and I'm putting my story on you that you're probably gonna wound me That does happen, it does. I think sometimes growing up in an environment that's all peace and all love and all like telling you you're the most wonderful thing, I think that can be a handicap too. Mm -hmm. And I think different spiritual beings with different gifts are born in different circumstances because you have people born uh, in circumstances that will be traumatic but that keep the peace right so yes yes, i think that our brains do certain things in survival mode and we can overcome our brain jesus died at a place called golgotha meaning the skull yes so he's saying like don't always go to your brain or you've got to overcome that in order for him to live like clearly that you know he's alive you're putting your life all in this because then there will be those individuals who will say trust your head and not your heart and then i will say how did god create feelings if it's not if you don't so when you talk about that experience of living in something where you it might even be suffering uh, for me what that feels like is every time I meet people and that is the beauty of me having the porch or I have this infinite amount of individuals that will come and sit with me is I feel that energy that spiritual like I know that when you come into my life there's a lesson no matter mm-hmm. who it is and so yeah. sometimes it's overwhelming for me because I feel it so greatly. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. it's a really cool experience. Well, it's realizing that some people feel like a bit of a curse, but they're just it's they're just gift wrapped not so well in in our from our fleshly perspective. Right, and we like pretty, that. So the I mean, some of the most profound experiences and lessons I've had were not pleasant experiences when they were they were happening. Yes. Right, and people have taught me, and people who taught me the worst of who I was, and what God needed to prune was when I encountered myself, particularly when I was younger. And of course, coming from a survival mode kind of Mm -hmm. uh, place, 
very manipulative and did not own it and was really upset when I was being manipulated. <laughs> you know, like that's, when we think about it, it's insanity. When we get back what we give, but we, we're not willing to change that. And we don't allow ourselves to be aware of it. So obviously this conversation could go on and on and on. We're just going to move into our takeaway moments. So if you said you had to give people with something from the porch of what they could take about from this conversation that will help advance them and serve them well and move them towards peace and contentment, what would that be? I'd say remember the scripture. He gives us everything, everything, everything that's absolute. One is just stay awake in your life. Yahweh means presence. So I am. So if you're awake and you're experiencing your life, you're going to find God and you're going to find proof every day that he exists and he loves you and he's got your best interest at heart. Of course, we've got to be open because, like you said, that's counterintuitive. And openness, we can talk about it maybe some other time, or I'd love to have you have Kelly on. Kelly talks about the default mode network in our brain, and neuroscience has developed a way to see how we process things. And many times you have to be doing deep breathing and creative things, like even different driving different ways home. That's a whole other podcast. But you have to really understand your you're brain. not your brain. You can't overcome it. And who you're called to be is not always going to your head. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And then also, I'd say the last thing is remember every everyone's a gift. And um, if you want to know who God is, look at your own life. If you want to know if he's real, look at your own life. 100% of the time, when you step outside of the laws, you have peace. When you're within the law, you have peace. I mean, you don't have peace. Don't I'm have sorry, peace. you know yeah. what I mean. So if that's the truth 100% of the time, then we're not on a random planet just here doing random things. I cannot explain to you or articulate clearly the privilege and the honor of having you sit here with me on the porch, just feeling all fuzzy inside. Oh, this. are you? Yes. I'm feeling fuzzy just on this porch. This is an amazing it's a porch. porch. Thank you. It really is. Uh, and so I'm so glad that you're here and the privilege um, of you saying yes and gifting our listening audience and me with the information you shared today. So this is the conclusion of another time on the porch on the What's On Your Soul podcast. We are always privileged to have you and hope that somehow we have given you something that is relevant and loving and thoughtful, holding you accountable and pushing you towards greater. And until we meet again, we hope that you find rest for yourselves. As we bring another episode to a close, we want to thank you and check out our website at miaembro.com. That's M-I-A mbroh.com leave us a message or feedback also make sure you subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes and join us next time as we discuss what's on your souls